It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast, the college basketball edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor with Chad Brendel from BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. As uh, we are in kind of our weekly podcast mode now that college basketball season's underway, we're coming off a, a Tuesday night in which... It was a good Tuesday night doubleheader. You had uh, four teams that are arguably national championship caliber. Michigan State falling short against Duke despite Marvin Bagley getting hurt in the first half of that game and not returning. Great performance from Grayson Allen. And uh, Kansas beating uh, Kentucky by four in a in a kind of an ugly game. Um, from last night, after seeing those four teams play, it's really hard not to envision what Duke could become, Right. Yeah, we or, didn't even see or, Marvin or is, Bagley. Or, or what is. they already yeah. are, and like you said, Marvin Bagley was absent. Trayvon Duvall's a dude. Like He's what we expect. Yeah. yeah. I, that's been evident for us. He played, He actually he played with Nizir Brooks in AAU right, a couple years that. ago, and that's when we first got a look at him, and it was like, whoa. And you saw that last night, what, 17 points, 8 assists? 8 or 10 assists, yeah. yeah 8 the last time I saw the stat flash across the screen but he's he's as somebody said many years ago when we were when we were watching him he's kind of a mix of Derrick Rose and Kyrie Irving he doesn't have the jump shot yet like Kyrie was at that stage but just the acceleration and the change of pace and his passing Rick has come a long way he was always a good passer but yesterday man he was putting the ball he was I mean, delivering it right where it needed to be at exactly the right time. That was the thing that stood out to me because you knew he was a good athlete. You knew he could get some points from the point guard position while still being plenty capable as a point guard. But the level that he was making plays for the other guys and running that offense was was way up there. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that was really impressive. How much of Grayson Allen's night is because Grayson Allen's a year older and and, and now, you know, can can certainly shoot the ball. But how much of that was because... He got because the ball. He got the ball in the right place, right. in the right time to shoot. I mean, well, it was a lot of jump shots too. Yeah. I mean, it was you know Grayson can make jump shots. He's always been able to do that. And when you get him that many good looks to get him going, he's he's and a he big makes game some tough. Guy. He makes yeah. some tough shots too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But, but he got those early good looks to right. get him going, and then he got hot. And once he's hot, he's a he's a big game type of player, and he showed that. I mean, my favorite was the one in transition where they throw the ball, where Duvall throws the ball over a defender, and he's flaring to that left wing and just feet set instantly. As soon as the ball dropped into his hand, bang. It's like, man, this kid's on fire tonight. How about Duke playing zone the whole night? It's smart. It's different. It's it's different. Like, it's weird seeing it, but they're long. Are you allowed to slap the floor if you're playing zone? No. 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 (laughs) Absolutely not. You think they will at some point? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Just because, right? I hope not. I hope not either. But... Um, it, it, I think it obviously did affect Michigan State, though, for sure. I mean, I, I there were times they attacked it great and got got layups and dunks and and whatnot, but they didn't attack it all the time. Yeah, the thing with them, I, I like their point guards. I don't love their right, point guards, right. and I don't think they have that. Like Bridges is phenomenal, obviously without question. I don't think they have that playmaking too really on that roster that, that complements. I just don't know that it's really going to matter because Bridges is going awesome. to dominate at and, such and a high Jared, level on the wing. And Jackson is so much better than, than he was a year ago. 
Right, and Bridges is is adding to his game. He's expanding it outward for the NBA. But they made him become a a spot up jump shooter for much of that game. Yeah, he didn't attack much. That was what I was just going to get to. Is that you'd like to see him attack more than he did last night? But I'm not worried about that. Like we know that's something he can do. Absolutely, dominate this year. Guys at his level don't stick around for a second year. Did Did we see the two the top two players in college basketball in that game with Grayson Allen and and Miles Bridges? I'm, I'll never be sold on Grayson Allen as the best player in college basketball or the top two college players. Players, in he's going to get the run. I, you might, yeah, I, you're probably course, right. Yeah, of course he is. But it's like, I mean, I just, I just don't see it. I'm sorry. Like, there's, it's just really hard for me to accept the fact that mainly because he's the third most talented guy on that team. Yeah, I mean, like, there's all <laughs> these dudes that are going to go on to have much better career. I'm not saying he's not going to have a great year, but it's like saying he's the best player just doesn't seem right to me. He's going to have a really good year, but it, I mean, do you think he's going to be national player of the year? I think there's a chance, but I don't if think he averages he's, 20. I, I think if, he, if he averages 20 and, and Duke is has Duke. a great yeah, yeah. Duke See, is Duke, I think it's going yes, to be he has a very good chance for it. I think it's really difficult when you have a Marvin Bagley on your team to also win National Player of the Year because you're going to be taking stats away from each other, and there's a whole bunch of other guys that can also do that on that team. And you're going to be taking votes. You're splitting votes at the end of the year. People, it, some people are going to go vote for your team. And who knows? He does something stupid before the year's out, too. I mean that's still that's, that's always that's, in play. That's, that's always in play. play. But Dan Wilkins said he's actually matured and he's a grown adult and he's a different player and we all gotta I, love him now. So I, I hope that's the case. I you know I I need to see that. I don't. Over I wouldn't care either way. Four like, months, right? But I, nobody's gonna love him. Yeah. No. No. Like that's <laughs> it's so ridiculous how they get so binary with their takes of like he's a villain. No. He's a college kid who did some stupid stuff last year that was annoying, and he is annoying, and he's probably still capable of doing those things. But either way, it's not that serious one way or the other. He wasn't a villain, and he's not universally loved now right. because of one night. But but he is a villain to some degree for what he does, and he plays for a team that, that either you love or you hate. He's the annoying white guy from Duke. Absolutely. That, there's Somebody plays that role on, a, on a every three to he's four years. He's perfect. Basis. He might be the best ever at it. Right, Reddick right. was Reddick was good, but he wasn't. He didn't have the. I mean, late. I guess Leitner is the quintessential. Everybody hates that guy at right. Duke. Like right. he, he kind of started the trend. I don't know if you'll ever top Leitner. He did step on a dude's chest at one point he did. in time. He did. A lot of people around here remember that. They, they do. Um, Mino Timberlake remembers it well. But Allen's up there, man, yeah. tripping people and no cheap doubt. shots and no doubt. Uh, let's talk about the second game last night. Kentucky losing to to, to Kansas. It was not a it was not a, an aesthetically pleasing game. Um, you and I, Rick, were talking before we started this. The question becomes: Do you think Kansas is really good? And if you do, you then have to probably think Kentucky's really good, or do you think less of both teams after watching them? Yeah, I think that that was when we were talking before. That's been my thing since last night. Is I can't decide whether I think Kansas is one of the top five teams in college basketball this year because if they are playing without a key guy then Kentucky with nothing but freshmen in that starting lineup and six of their top nine being freshmen played the exact style forced Kansas play the exact style they wanted to play they made the game super ugly and if they can do that this early in the year against a top five team in college basketball then UK is going to be one of the best teams in the country come the end of the year now you can make the other argument, which is neither team's all that good, and I can't argue against it because last night was not pretty. I'm, I'm not sure yet on Kansas. I, I, Billy Preston, uh, who you're talking about, who knows right. if he's going to – like, there's been questions surrounding that one for a long time. He magically was suspended the first game and then magically suspended the second game 
I'm noticing a trend. I don't know that Billy Preston is someone you're – all of a sudden he wrecks his car and the university goes – Need a clearer financial picture. Well, here's the thing. It is it – is, Which means who's paying for that car, man? It is very disrespectful to just wreck a car that boosters paid for to get you Correct. to come to their college. You can't be showing that type of disrespect. Single car accident. Like if somebody hits you yeah. beyond your control. Deer runs yeah. out and gets you. Yeah. yeah it's Kansas. Yeah, you right. know, it, it, it can happen. You right. can't wreck it just – Crash it. That's disrespect. It's very disrespectful. To the boosters. Yeah, the booster now who owns that car has to answer questions about where that car came from. Yeah. He didn't he's not in it for that. That's not right. <laughs> Come on, Billy. The, 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 we, we talked about this Kentucky team. Well, and, and, can and, I get to my Kansas team? Yeah, go ahead. Hold I'm on. sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I, I don't know that they have enough. Like, especially inside, because all they've got is Azabuki. And he's a monster, but he's kind of a one trick pony. Well, and aside from that, who creates plays for this team i mean it's supposed to be Devonte graham and he does he's really good like i mean he can really shoot and he does make some plays but outside of that like who's their next best shot creator and maker Legerald vick in terms of making his own shots i mean it's supposed to be malik newman i didn't see it last night i yeah i i have major questions maybe there's some rust from sitting out a year whatever the case may be but he didn't have a great year his freshman year at mississippi state and Svee was he's I mean, Average. I he mean, is he's, what he is. Yeah, he's okay. Like so, th- I think they're look like this Kansas team is talented. I'm not. I'm not going all in on they stink or anything. Right. But there's some concerns about their I'm, offense after watching them. After watching them last night, I'm wondering how much more are they top 15 instead of top five. Right. And then and then it again comes back to how much did Kentucky with five freshmen, albeit five very long and athletic freshmen, and and, and some talented dudes really affect Kansas and make it ugly. Yeah. Because that's the style Kentucky's going to have to win with. Absolutely. We saw Kevin Knox was the only guy who made a three, and that's what we've been talking about all preseason. This comes as a shock to no one. Even Dick Vitale knew they weren't going to have shooters on their team. <laughs> so what do you think, Skinny? Where'd you come out after watching the game? I, I just I, – I, Kentucky's got so many holes offensively um, that that I think I'm with you. I think Kansas is more – honestly, if you, if you put – Xavier and UC up against Kansas right now, I think I think either one beats them. I really do. Now, raw talent wise, are they better? Maybe not, but they've got better parts. We're gonna get to I them agree. obviously in a minute. They've they've got better parts. I said I, it. I said I, it. If on I was Twitter a coach, I'd rather take Xavier's personnel and UC's personnel than Kansas's personnel or even Kentucky's personnel, um, just because they've got better parts. And the thing for Kentucky is, you, you can look and go. Well, it, it's 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 the third game of the year. It's November. We're, none of us are gonna remember this come come March. I mean, we're not. The, the They'll have plenty of, of other stuff to stack on top of it. Correct. But, but this is our first look. Correct. But yeah, right. But the shooting's not going to change. It's just not. I mean, I, I, Kevin, you're right. Kevin Knox has made five of 11 threes. The rest of the team, six of 23. And that's against two of those games against teams that you should be probably getting some decent looks against Utah Valley and Vermont, for goodness sakes. Right. And, and you can't knock them down. How is that? It's not like all of a sudden you're going, Hey, that guy's a 45% career three-point shooter. He's going to fix it, right? It's going to be fine. It's not like when Trayvon and JP were struggling last right. year. And you Did always you, said yeah, the, 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 they're better shooters than what they're showing. Correct. Yeah. correct. These guys aren't. These guys aren't. And I don't know how that changes. I think the one thing is, you're right. If they can make some games ugly, they are, they're going to they're gonna win their share. They're going to have to. They're th- going to be a tough out in the tournament. But I also can't look at them and go, God, they're, they're, they're going to make a long run because all it's going to take is one Bad, bad half maybe of shooting the ball in the tournament, and you're done. Well, and the other problem is throughout the season, they're going to make it ugly against Kansas. 
but they're going to play ugly against Vermont, right? Too, and teams Correct. like that, so they're always going to be in danger of a team catching them in the last seven or eight minutes of right. the game and, and, right. and sneaking up and getting them. And to your point, I think that's the frustrating thing for UK fans is you can look at this team and say, oh, the first two games we struggled against Popcorn State, as Coach Cal said, and then you go into that game against Kansas and look much improved. You're right in the game, have a chance to win it against one of the top five teams in the country. But at the same time, you have to have that feeling in the back of your head the entire time with this team is, are they really going to be able to win six games in a row and make a national championship run without being able to make a three-point shot? And what happens on a night when Knox doesn't make a shot? I mean, because it'll happen. Because it'll happen, right? And it may, if that happens on March twenty third, or you just get the goodbye. right team playing the right zone again, right? You. There's a whole lot of Cincinnati in this Kentucky team. There is. <laughs> I mean, no, there is. They're going to have to win games in the mid sixties. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Old, school old, Cincinnati. oh yeah, old school Cincinnati. What Mick had to go through as he was building the program. They're, you're going to have to win games in the sixties, lower seventies, and that's because they, you don't have the natural offensive talent, which is what. We've talked about all offseason about the parts not necessarily fitting the way that they need to fit because there's so many pieces that are the same piece. And and that that main piece is limited offensively. I I guess to to, to put a – does Vanderbilt change that at all? I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. Does he change that dynamic at all? No, he's he's, he's Knox. He's Washington. He's Gabriel. He's the same guy. Does Brad Calipari change that dynamic at all? Shooter. Somebody's got to do it, right? Somebody's got to do it. Uh, let's touch on uh, on uh, Xavier UC, NKU, and the like. Uh, Xavier off to a 2-0 start, a couple hundred-point games. Uh, a couple things, Rick, just watching. And I, got you, I did not watch the, the Friday night game, obviously, but I did watch the, the Monday night game. Uh, Ooh, buddy. J, J.P. McCure has been interesting to me because with that new body, and, and you'd actually brought it up, and, and it is really noticeable – he fears zero contact. I mean, he loves now, it looks like, going to the hole. And the fact that he's been efficient, I don't know if this is going to carry over against good teams when he thinks he may have to carry more of a load, but the dude's averaging 16. Well, he scored. He has scored 32 points in two games on 11 shots. That's going to be the interesting question. I've watched him go eight minutes and take 11 shots, seven of them that were bad before. When they go into Madison, Wisconsin on Thursday, Thursday night, night yep. and he's jacked up, and it's a game... Does he feel like he needs to, to take that shot from four feet behind the three-point line, or does he stay in attack mode, which is the JP we saw in the NCAA tournament 17 free throw attempts in the first two games. Yeah, I mean, he scored 14 points on four shot attempts the other night, which is just – Edmund Sumner was at the game. He tweeted at him, oh, okay, so you're Mr. Efficiency now, which I thought was But he is. Funny. I yeah. mean, at least through the it's, first two games. That's what we talked about at the end of the season. Like He, had, he, had, he was passing more, and he made Xavier a completely different team when he kind of took on – Less of the let it all hang out personality and more of the I'm going to get everybody involved and get everybody and, and, good and, looks. And now being as, as jacked as he, I mean, the confidence now to go to the rim and go, I don't care if I get hit because you're not going to hurt me. I'm going to hurt you, chances are. And now I'm going to go to the free throw line on top of it and make my two shots. Yeah. And somebody he's been finishing off some tough ones after absorbing contact. That's a good point about him taking a lot of contact on drives. He has been seeking it out right. off the dribble. Right. I can't blame him for it. Um, obviously, I know the concern in the preseason was Trayvon Blewett in the shoulder, and it looks like that. that, that the I think he's okay. Yeah, I think he's okay. He's played, what, 50 minutes and scored 51 points? Yes. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. And just the, the effortlessness of how he's getting these points and the, obviously all the shooting looks. He's shooting the ball as well as he ever has in his career, so I don't think the injury is a concern at all. The other – we, we talked about finding another shot maker, and granted this is early and you've played two overmatched teams and you're getting clean – you're going to get cleaner looks against overmatched teams. But Kaiser Gates is 7 of 13 on threes. The question becomes – he's not going to be a 50% three-point shooter, but can he be – 
consistently good against good competition. In, in and ter- I guess we'll find that out maybe on Thursday. In terms of making open threes, yeah. I mean, theoretically, Chris Mack has been saying for two years now that he's the second best shooter on the team after right. Trayvon Blewett. He has not lived up to that moniker to this point. But on this team, his role is the easiest and most defined because he is going to get good looks. He's a guy that you really can't focus on a lot because he never creates off the dribble. He's not a guy that plays with the ball in his hands a lot. The defense has to focus on stopping Trayvon, stopping JP, stopping Quentin, doubling down Especially on Kyrie. Especially now on JP driving. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. they got to be in the gaps, and then you're late to recover on Kaiser. And at six, seven, six, eight, he's not easier to recover right. to. Right. How about... <laughs> He catches the ball eight feet from the rim with nobody on him the other day and, like, pause for a second, like, what am I doing here? <laughs> I'm, I'm, out of, I'm out of place. It's not where's really the, his game. Where's the arc? Oh, wait a minute. There's a three-second or the, or the charge arc. I'll go there. That's my arc. It's a new arc. I mean, no. It, he right. made the layup. It was contested, right. but it was just funny. There was that one bit of hesitation when he caught the ball and there was nobody there. He was like, oh, boy. Here we go. That was in the second half of the game against Ryder, and literally 30 seconds before I just tweeted, Kaiser Gates has yet to attempt a two-point field goal <laughs> this season. I think he was cognizant of that fact. I think so, too. <laughs> um, on the downside, I guess, is, is – is, and it's not even a huge downside, but Quentin Gooden, um, from, just from a scoring perspective, he does have 13 assists, which you should against the two teams you play, and the fact other guys are making shots for you. But, but is, is it an issue? And it, it, How does he fix this? I look at it as the opposite. Okay. I think it is the best thing if you are a Xavier fan and Xavier coaching staff. and, and that maybe he doesn't even have coach, to? No, that he doesn't have the mindset of what threw this team off last year. It wasn't that guys were selfish, but it was but that... But you, th- you had a score first point guard. There were th- Well, not just that. There were three dudes out there right. trying to get theirs and do their own thing and prove that they're NBA-level talents. Quentin Gooden's a really talented dude. He took the back seat to finish off last year when he was a freshman getting thrown in the fire. But you, he's a confident guy. Like, I expected him to come back this year and be ready to kind of take this thing over. And he's done that, but he's been super confident running the offense and getting guys involved. Okay. And to me, the chemistry of this team was what was most important. And he's taken that upon himself to say, we're going to have great chemistry on the offensive end. We're going to play super fast, great pace. I'm going to get the ball out and move and, it. And, and they had that down the stretch last year when Edmund got hurt, obviously. I mean, and it carried over to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and, and he can score. I still think he'll be the third leading scorer on this team. Yeah, Tyreek Jones probably is not going to have... Well, well maybe. It, it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if let, he's let, the third leading scorer. Me, it's one of those two in my let opinion. Let me just say, again, evidence that Mike Pegese is a phenomenal big man coach because his game is completely different. It's he's not fouling. He he catches the ball with confidence in the post. Finishing. He's showing patience. He's finishing. He's making the pass out of the post when he needs to. Like completely different skill set for him coming into his second year. And, and there's he made one five of six free throws. Yeah, I literally I don't know, know who to credit for that. That's, I literally didn't know if that was ever going to be possible. I don't know who to credit for that. He's put in a lot of work, and I mean. To his credit, he has a great work ethic, and, and the Mike Pegues thing, it, you're dead on. Like You can say it's bad competition, we'll see what happens, get to real games. That's totally valid, but he it's, didn't have any of this stuff right, last that's year. The so thing. even if it doesn't work, he's certainly added to his game. I agree 100%. And you know, as we've talked about, I'm a big Tyreek Jones guy from the start. I don't just compare anybody to Eric Hicks. No, no, you don't. <laughs> Anything else from Xavier that, that you took away from the first two games and maybe lo- what you're looking for on Thursday night? Because obviously the competition level is, is going to be much different. Yeah, it's just going to be interesting. One, 
can Tyreek specifically keep playing at this level against someone like, like Ethan size, Hunt, like, who is yeah. a tough matchup, yeah. obviously, for anyone, you specifically gotta, him? you got to think they're going to try to get him in foul trouble as quick as possible. No question. Can he stay out of that in a big game yeah. in a, in, on a road atmosphere um, when he's probably starting? You know, those types of things are, I think, the biggest concern for Xavier. Does Quentin Gooden keep playing with that same level of confidence, keep the offense moving the way he has? I don't think you worry about JP and Trayvon, really. You, you know what they are. Um, other than that, yeah, I think I think those are the big things. Is what do you get out of the two sophomores who are playing huge roles for you right now? Do they continue? And does this JP play? stay in attack mode? Yeah, I guess so. And and I, I don't really expect that to change. I think it's more it's more so. Do we see JP still attack, but also throw up the four or five what crazy you plays? Yeah. You know, one right. one or bad two bad passes, one or two bad shots, and then it's basically essentially four turnovers from right. Them. All right, on to That's the, an interesting game. It, no, it is. Very interesting. Because, I, I mean, on paper, I think Xavier is 10 points better. Yes. But it's at the Cole Center. I think there are some things matchup-wise that are, that are interesting. Um, I, I, I would be surprised if Xavier doesn't win that game. It's really hard to pick against them. But at the same time, when we were doing our like preseason pick them, I picked them to lose that game since it's – on the road, and it's Early. the first big game, yep. and it's like they're going to be so amped up because of what happened yeah, in the tournament but, two years ago yeah. that it's like I'm probably going to have to pick Wisconsin, but it is hard when you actually like look, break it down, yeah. and watch it on film. Just it's from like, a basketball How does Xavier lose this game? Not the intangible parts of it. Right, yeah. right. It just Wisconsin lost, what, 60% of their minutes from last year? And, they've, you know, Ethan Happ is very good, very yeah. skilled scorer. Um, that I want to see him against Kareem Canner. <laughs> you don't? No, you don't. No, you don't. I, I do. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I I just I, I have a hard time seeing Xavier not winning that game. I just – I mean, I get it if they do. It's not a, a huge deal if they do. But talent-wise, they're just a lot better, I think, right now. Yeah, I don't think the Lions were doing this. The line for it has, has not been set. I would still – I Six? Six and a half? Two. I don't even think – I was going to say and a half? two and a half maybe. Who, Wisconsin? Yeah. And, and really more just because you get what, Wisconsin a two and a half point favorite. Yeah, because it's, a, it's at home and be, it, it's it, it, I, you wait. You wait and see. Brendel's betting. Brendel's on his phone right now searching for that line. He wants to bet it. I'm going to see if I can find it. They usually don't come out till either later, way, later, today. later today uh, for the overnights. I'll, I'll go two and a half. We'll see, we'll see where it winds up. Okay. All right. You're, I mean, you're much more skilled at this than me. I don't gamble. <laughs> I just like to try to. I like to preset lines and, and then see see where you get the value. Every time I've tried to like get into the gambling like thing, I'm so bad. Like it's a wise choice. Like perfect example. Remember the game that that UC beat Miami the U a couple years ago in football. No, but I'll take your it, word for it. It was Tuber, the second to last year of Tuberville. Is that a Thursday night? Yeah, I think so. They were flying the fire Mark Rick yeah, yeah, banners yeah, yeah. around yeah. the stadium and stuff. So not, you, not Mark Rick. It was the other or, guy, uh, Randy Shannon. Randy Shannon. Yeah. So, UC's quarterback was hurt. They had, like, five other starters that were out. So, I texted a buddy of mine, like, this line is goofy. UC's hurt. They're playing terrible. There's no chance they win this game. No chance they win this game. They they covered by, like, 30 points. Yeah. I was like, I, I just, I'm not made for this. That, <laughs> I am not made that, for that's, this. That's a good thing. You don't need all, you don't need all the vices, dude. No, just, I, I've got enough. I know, right. That's so, my point. Yeah. That's my point. All right, the UC Bearcats are off and running, literally. Um, Savannah State certainly helps with, with that. Wow, that was fun. Ooh, they're 92 possessions. It, it is fun. Yeah, they, they, they jumped out to, what was it, 12-6, I think, was yeah. the lead at one point. And, and the one guy drilled, what? I think three, three in a row. Straight, three, three straight, straight, straight possessions. Yeah. Um, and I thought, 
Like, this isn't going to keep up, but gosh, this would be scary to face just because they're just going to keep firing it. Now, some of them were just absurdly bad shots. Absurdly the cra- bad. The crazy thing was, Skinny. How many banked? I don't remember. A handful, though. A handful. The crazy thing, you know how the teams come out like an hour before the game and do their, their yeah. warm-ups? In that entire 20-minute session. Everything was a three? They didn't take a two. <laughs> and they did it coming out of halftime as well when they did their warm-ups for the second half. They didn't take a two. Not one. I love that. Own it. Own yeah. who you are. Have your identity. On their shirts, their warm-up shirts, it says good things come in threes. Yeah, I, I love it. It's, it is, now they, they, I mean, they probably felt like they didn't shoot enough threes. They shot 44. That's how you create a brand at that level. I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess so. Just be nice if you had some guys that could make it that level, though. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll find them eventually if you yeah, maybe play, <laughs> play that way. You will. There's, there's no doubt about that. I, you can't really take anything from that one. Well, I would say from from both games. I mean, what, what, can, what do you take? What, what there's a takeaway of some kind though from the two games. I, the I other think being obviously the Western Carolina. The game Western Carolina game. I think the takeaway is that that they were really good on both ends. What they didn't have that let up in the second half where you're up by thirty or whatever. They came out and took a twenty five point lead to fifty. And I think that's a good sign of, you know, some maturity from this team and uh, kind of that that indication that we've talked about that if you take out Trevor Moore, the average age of this team is almost 23. Right. right. You know, so they've got to have that killer instinct this year. And, it, you know, in that game, at and, least. And, and, and I'll, they, I'll take they, Fridays because Savannah State crept back in it a little bit. At least, not, not in it, but they crept yeah. back a little bit. I mean, some of that is I'll They're just chucking. atmosphere, new gym, team, a team that can go – in three possessions, if they get three stops and they make two threes, suddenly they've chopped six off of it in a hurry. Right. Um, so, so that part, I'll, I'll chalk it up to that. First game, all of those things. But I think you're right. The thing about Monday was they put the foot on the gas and kept going. Yeah, and that's that's what you want to see from this team. And and you're seeing, again, it, it's, you know, the, the first night, Jacob Evans was really good. The second night, you don't get a whole lot from him. But, you know, somebody else steps up. And, and Kane Broom has been – about as advertised so far. Him and Kyle Washington got a little slap on the wrist on uh, Monday night. Didn't get the start. I think that's something that that Mick hasn't had. I guess he just didn't like their effort in practice and switched them from the red team to the black team. And and it, this is the time of year when you have this kind of depth to do that. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, you know, I you can make a couple statements here and there. And he did. And both of those guys came in and had good games. So anything you didn't like about the first couple of games? Not really. I, I didn't really see anything so far that is that has jumped out at me as uh, overly concerning. But it's hard to tell because the biggest question is going to be what we know that this bench is good enough to play against those teams. What does this bench look like when you're playing Xavier, Florida and, and UCLA in a two week stretch? Because the starters are good a, enough from a performance standpoint or from a minute standpoint. Both. Both. What are they going to give you when they come in? Because. If you're going to play this fast, you're going to have to get some breathers and get some guys in and out. What what what's it going to look like when you've got Justin Jennifer and Trey Scott and and not Keith Williams on the floor or not performing? Right. And I think they will be able to do this, but I'm also interested interested to see when they play better teams. Right now, Gary Clark and and Jacob Evans can basically put it in cruise control on offense in terms of how many shots they're taking, and they just make the right plays and do all the small stuff and be like superstar glue guys, and this team can still put up big numbers offensively. Can that continue against the the better competition? Because if so, this team's elite. I mean, period. The thing about those two guys that we've talked about, you want them to be more aggressive, but you're almost in a situation now where they don't have to be because you've got – 
Jaron well, Cumberland we'll, is looking to score. Kyle we'll Washington. We'll see against better competition, though. Yeah, That's but the question. Uh, yeah, but what I'm saying is just in terms of you. You talked about them needing to be more aggressive because they didn't have a lot of options right. in the past. Now you've got three guys that are looking to get buckets pretty regularly in Cumberland, Washington, and Broom, and that has allowed those two guys to be the efficient. Kind of, and they're more than willing to do that. That's the, right. that's who they are right. ultimately. Because I think Jacob Evans can be. We've talked about this, and I know Mick's even trying to push him to be that guy. An alpha. When, when, yeah, when you need a bucket, we're going through him. He's either going to make the bucket or create for somebody else. Um, and I think when when they do play better, he still has to be that guy. You need more of it from him, but I think Jaron Cumberland is showing you that he might be the one that naturally has that that ability. Yeah, and but he'll occasionally take a shot that's going to get get him yanked for a few minutes, and and you know maybe that can't happen against better teams too. True, true. Uh, the other thing too, I mean, th- th- again, this is the competition level, and you're getting a lot of stuff in transition. But 24 assists on average for for two games, that, that does show show you this team is is able to share the ball, will share the ball, and all those things. Again, that that number will change, but that's a good start. One of the problems they've they've had for many years offensively is that they're a bad passing team. Now you've got guys that actually know how to move the ball and are willing to move the ball. Uh, I think chemistry on this team is a big part of it. You're not, you don't have guys just, well, I mean, Kyle's never met a shot he didn't like, but that's Kyle. But you don't have guys that are hunting. They're moving. Right. The, the, the ball's hitting the open guy, and the open guy's putting it in, which it's been different to watch. Yeah. It's uh, been different to watch. Next for UC is in the, the tournament in the Cayman Islands. And well, I think no, they've got, um, they've got Juan, Juan Dixon. That's right. Um, on on Thursday night. But they got, what, five in ten days? Five games in ten days, I think. That game, the three games in the Caymans, and one coming out of it. Isn't the one coming out of it is Xavier. Isn't that the That's guy right. who played at Maryland? Yeah. Juan Dixon? Yeah. He's the head coach for whoever the yeah. crap they play on Thursday night. Nice. Not too long removed from the league, I don't think. Is no, in the league not for too a bad. while? Yeah. I think it's the second year. Yeah, Alcorn State. I think that's it. Nice. Yeah, sounds about right. I think that's it. Coppin State. Well, that's, that's that. I thought that was Fang. Is Fang no longer coaching? You're you're looking up as we speak. It's one of the states. It's a directional. It's a directional state. It's a directional state, and we'll leave it at that. My brain has been that's mashed okay. potatoes. And then, and then they came out. Coppin isn't a directional. It, it's, that's true. It's, it it's is. A, it's a state. It's it's a state. It's all I know. Okay. It's not a state that's named state. Okay. Popcorn state. Popcorn, Popcorn state. state. That's, that, that's exactly right. <laughs> and, Rick, I know you went and saw your NKU Norse on Sunday. Beat Better the mighty it, Fighting Quakers. Didn't know Quakers fought, but the mighty Fighting Quakers from Wilmington. Take that, um, Lindsey Patterson. After a win over East Tennessee State, which they, they handled East Tennessee State pretty well, too. Is Lindsey Patterson the most famous alum from No, we looked it up, and I Wilmington. wish I, I, I knew this at one point off the top of my head, but she's actually on Wikipedia listed. Um, You're as a famous alum, I that's know, I'm fantastic. Gonna look it up she has to be. Speak. Who else has come from that's Wilmington fantastic. College? She has like twenty thousand Twitter followers or more. That's easily Wilmington College. No, I mean that's fair. Alum. That's Correct. fair. Correct. But your takeaway from from watching uh, NKU on Sunday in, in person? You, I know you didn't get a chance on Friday to see the East Tennessee State. Well, I watched pretty much the entire second half of that because Xavier was up by about 165 points against Mornoggin. Um Boy, how about uh, Jesus? The beginning of that game. Oh. It was it was forty to two in like a minute and a half. It literally looked like an all star exhibition after like the second possession. Xavier was just like, "Oh, we're on, okay." And then it was JP throwing behind multiple behind the head passes, Trayvon hitting fadeaways while falling out of bounds, and Xavier scored fifteen points in like six possessions. You called it one of the best four minute stretches in the history of basketball. It was the best. It was literally. <laughs> it, it was the most absurd thing I've never seen a team play that well. 
Like at and like no, I, for I, that I, short of a stretch, it was ridiculous. Um, anyhow, back to Northern. Yeah, Northern looked looked good. They are playing fast. They're shooting a lot of threes, like John Brandon told us they would in the interview we had with them a few weeks ago. And Drew McDonald scored 15 points in a five-minute stretch against Wilmington College uh, to start the second half. I mean, I think the biggest thing is they just – you don't think of NKU being a big team or an athletic team because of Drew being their center. But when you have, like, Garrett – and Carson Williams and uh, Jalen Tate and some of these other guys, LeVon Holland, even at the point guard, they have some pretty long athletic players on the wings and forwards for them for their level of basketball. To where yeah. They give some teams trouble at the rim and, and rebounding and, and with the way they play. So they look different. They look more like a top 100 type athleticism right. in terms of athleticism and defense and stuff like that this year than they have even maybe last year and years before. I mean, there is a difference between starting a guy like Cole Murray and starting a guy who's legitimately like a high-level athlete. Yeah, Cole was a great shooter, and that's what Cole was. That, that's all Cole really was, was a great standstill shooter. For and he had part. a great senior year. He did, absolutely. But Big he was playing they did. above his level. Uh, on that note, John Brandon deserves a lot of credit for the way he has quickly constructed this NKU roster. Last year's freshman class was just absurd. Well, and the one before that was the foundation, and then he really added to it last year, and now he's got it rolling. Yeah, I mean, it's just a tremendous job. There's not much you can really say about this NKU program that we haven't said already, especially considering the two teams that they faced. But but, but you, you do – East Tennessee State – East Tennessee State is not good, a chump. And they came back last night and won. So, uh, you know, they're, they are, they're a solid team that's going to do really and, and, good. And, and they got drilled the by and, NKU. And, and, and it, it wasn't even close in the second half. Based on what we've seen early from Memphis, there is more than a legitimate chance to beat them. Oh, they can beat Memphis. Yeah. Yeah, Memphis is – Two and zero now, or one and one. One and one. One and one, and neither game was impressive. They barely escaped last. Correct. Night. They were down for a chunk. They were, I don't know if they were down at the half, but they were down at parts of, of that game. So right. was your UConn. By the way, I, I don't want to talk about the American. Well, UConn had a shot last night to lose to the Stony Brooks and did they not. Did. They did come back and win. Did Tulsa lose to Montana? No, it was worse than that. No, Pitt lost to Montana. I oh, believe. that's right. Yeah, it was worse than that. Tulsa, the the Tulsa loss was. There are parts of this league that still are just brutal. And and brutal. Central Florida lost BJ Taylor for four to six weeks. So what's going to happen with them is he'll get back in the conference. But it would, but their their out of conference right. resume is going to stink. Yeah. So when they get back to the conference, they're going to be able to beat people, and, it'll hurt. and it's going to hurt. It's going to have no juice. Yep. He I, comes out on opening night and breaks his foot. Oh, not good. No, it does. None of that helps the league this for league sure. I, I looked it up. I looked it up. A couple of notable alums from Wilmington, just for you guys. It's actually you, you 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 will know one of these names because because he's part of the trophy. Tom Blackburn, the former head coach of of Dayton, okay, is an, is an alum, and Gary Sandy, who played on anyone, no. WKRP in Cincinnati, uh, okay. played the program director, and pretty much so LP is third. Pretty much, I think Lindsey comes in third. Satch Davidson, a former major league umpire, a long time. So does he does he go above Lindsey or Lindsey go above him? I'll take Lindsey. All right, all right. Lindsey comes. Lindsey's in third. a sideline reporter for SC Cincinnati, right? That's correct. Yeah. Sideline reporter for Spectrum Sports High School games on Friday nights with me. Yeah, soon to be MLS team. Soon to be MLS. That's, yeah, that's a good point. Cincinnati. So there we go. Just just to figure just to have a little closure on that. All right, uh, before we get to some final take stuff, we do have to touch on the Braxton Beverly situation because we touched on it on the last podcast. I'm, I, I will. I'll give Rick credit. Um, you were the one that said, here's the left hand. That's why they're coming up with this. Now the right hand, the NCA, magically, was it yesterday or the day before, has granted his eligibility and the transfers going through. Last night, wasn't it, through. during the Champions Classic? What, what timing? What timing? 
All the other stuff has now gone away until the next level. So the question is, See, the next round of indictments that come out, though, what story do they create? Here's, here's the thing with that. They just opened Pandora's box. Because you know, every time there's a coaching change now, a kid's going to want to transfer and be ruled, in, el- ruled eligible immediately at his new school. I, but I think and they are going to point to this. I, no. It, no, it's a precedent, Skinny. He took classes at Ohio State. He but transferred. He it doesn't matter. He took classes at Ohio State. He transferred when Thad Motto was fired I, because Thad Motto was fired. No doubt. And now he's eligible. But I, I And I do think kids should be able to transfer. If, if, I do too, but, but that's not the rule. But, they open Pandora's box. Nah, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I, I think, Every kid has got precedent. It is precedent. No, you, because you think, it, you think it matters. They're judge and jury. They can do whatever they want on a True. case-by-case basis, and they'll continue to do that. They want you to get fired up about their decisions, even though they don't mean anything because obviously – Everyone looked at the Grayson Allen situation and said, it makes no sense. And in today's day and age where there's Twitter outrage and the NCAA knows they can do whatever they want. Braxton they, Beverly, you mean? Yeah, Braxton Beverly. Who did I say? Grayson, Grayson Allen. Allen. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been interesting. <laughs> but they they understand that they can change this whenever they want. There's no reason they could have, couldn't have fixed it right away. They knew it was the right call right away. They wanted us to get outraged. They wanted you to write columns about something other than the cheating going on in their sport until the season started. Now the season started, okay, reinstate them. And they did. It's simple. And they did. I, I do want to touch on two two scores that, that occurred this this week in college basketball. One being the first 100-point victory for a team with uh, Appalachian State beating Tacoa Falls 135-34. to I mean, what Honestly, what's the point? What? what? Get some run in, man. I guess, it, is it a pay game for Tacoa Falls? And my favorite Probably. one? Tacoa Falls, not back. I, don't, I couldn't even tell you where they're, where, where, where they're located. Obviously, in Tacoa Falls, I'm guessing, wherever the hell that is. So, And uh, on Tuesday night, Youngstown State beat Franciscan 130-something to something, 46. And this but, is one of the greatest stats I've ever heard. But, yeah, the stat that we have to share is this. Franciscan committed in this game 49 turnovers. Think about that for a minute. Would you have kicked the ball to the ceiling? I, I, would, have, I would have gotten kicked out. Just about, so you didn't have to watch it? Turnover number 10 into it. Uh, yeah, exactly. I would have been on the bus. Popping about my eighth beer by the time all the other kids were coming on the bus, for goodness <laughs> sakes. I mean, yeah, I would have kicked the ball to the ceiling. I would have kicked the kid. 49 turnovers. Which so you had the bus driver drive you to get the beer? Yes, correct. Exactly. Because you have time. You got the whole end of the first half. You just kind of, kind of I, 49 <laughs> turnovers. And the fast break points are the best. 80, or I'm sorry, the points off turnovers. 83 to 2, Youngstown outscored Franciscan in points off turnovers. That's impossible. <laughs> that's, inc- that's incredibly efficient on 49 turnovers to get 83 that's points. That's really points per possession on <laughs> points off turnovers. Just, just off turnovers. Yeah. That's in, that's in, that I mean, coach just, does a heck of a job if, if they, teaching change if, of direction. If, if all they had done was just you could only get the ball off of a turnover and score, they, they still would have scored 83. Yes, they still would have won by 40. Could you imagine if <laughs> Ken Palm counted? Division three games into his like algorithm and stuff. What their would, efficiency numbers would, would look it like? It would throw this haywire. Oh my! God. They'd be ranked number one for the rest of the year. Yes, every <laughs> just living off stat. this. Just living off this one game. And, and let's face it, Youngstown is is not good. You've seen them. Oh, you think? And we were joking. You could get honestly, and I mean this sincerely. You could get a handful of elite high school programs in Ohio and or Kentucky, or even just this area between Covcath and Cincinnati. We're not talking the elite players. We're talking just the just teams. A team. Like Moeller would hold that team to forty points. Youngstown, they would hold them to fifty points. I, w- I would tell you this: they ain't committing forty nine turnovers. I would, I would make bank on that. Dude, and they ain't losing gonna be forty nine possessions in a game well, good that Moeller plays. Good point. I mean, no, I mean seriously. 49 turnovers. In all seriousness, like, Covcath 
could stay within 15 or 20 of Youngstown State without question. And you mean that sincerely? Maybe better. Yeah, I'm not kidding at all. Youngstown State sucks. And, 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 and truth be told, and just for people who don't know, Cubcath has a what Division Two point guard. Is that Christian Brothers? They Division yeah. Two, Division Two point guard, Division One wing, Division High one major wing, Division One wing, correct, and a Division One post. So yeah, and and other good players around them. <laughs> so there you go. Holy cow! All right, I, I just had to get that in just because it, it it's one of those ones. This time of year, some of those games. Just that I love those games. That, that's like I my, love looking through old media guys. One of my favorite ones was looking. I think I've told this story before. Looking through the Florida media guide and, and teams that they claim victories over the years. Best one for them. This is true. You can look it up. They claim a victory in the 1940s, I believe, over Ralph's Dry Cleaners. And you know they were. You know how good Ralph's was back in the 40s. You what, Ralph? <laughs> Ralph's Dry Cleaners. What? Literally, is go, that like when people played athletes in action? I think so. But was they, it a real game during yes. the regular season? So it yes. wasn't athletes. In it's action actually no. It's, it's on their all-time results and all-time teams they've beaten. Look it up. This Come is on, my Ralph. second favorite side of Skinny. My favorite is when he's being old man white coach yep. that gets mad at his Beachwood freshman and cusses at him and calls him names he's not supposed to. <laughs> Probably right. And then the other one is where this, he, knows, where he comes just, up with the craziest stats and Ralph. loves a hundred point blowouts and yes. stuff like that. And Ralph Strike Cleaners. I it, would never look through the Tacoa Falls box score. You did that. I did. And I looked through last night. You the, mined it I for comb, I combed the Youngstown State box score just to find. See, because occasionally you find something like a team committing 49 turnovers. You're something else. Crazy. All right, final take time. I'll start with you, uh, Rick Broering. I guess I got to do what go you back all to China. think I'm going to do. You got to go back to China, right? I mean, look. I'm not saying what I was spewing on here came to fruition because obviously it doesn't appear that LeVar set this up, at least that we can tell just yet. But you also thought I was an idiot for insinuating that the president might get involved, and he literally went to the president of China literally and told did. him to fix it. He literally and did. From everything we can tell, that's what got this done. Yes. So if you You're think right. for a second but that I this sp- was bad for the big baller brand, who, by the way, held a pop-up shop and did all types of promotions. While Leangelo was, was, was in house arrest in at the hotel. hotel. Yeah. And getting his daily caning. They went an hour away and did the pop-up shop. And I'm the ridiculous one here for thinking this was a setup. <laughs> But anyway, you still are. But okay, I'm but, giving you full kudos for the other part of this. But this was absolutely huge for the big baller brand that they can get Donald Trump to go say, "Hey, I need you to resolve this, sir." And he said, "You know, it never should have happened." But the president from China was really good about it. So, wow, it's good to hear. Wow, the big baller brand is stronger than ever. Yes, dude. It is. Like last summer, Mario Mercurio was telling me on the Dana Victory podcast we did it live at Dana's that. The brand wasn't doing anything, and they weren't making waves and weren't taking over. I think it's official. They did everything we said last year, or at least I said last year, that they were doing. Hey, I'm a big baller he, guy. He took over. When do you get that? Are you going to get a hat? Like, what are you going to get? Yeah, I thought, I thought we. I thought we had the uh, shoes aren't going to happen. Yeah, okay, I, so what? So what? Now I just got to buy like a hat or something. That, I'm not wearing a something. big baller brand hat around. You gotta oh, have something. I guess I'll get a shirt. I right, sure. just wear a shirt. We've already raised enough for a t-shirt. I think we were getting closing in on hundred dollars. Yeah, but that's not going to get you the shoe money that you need. No, but if you guys want to fire that back up, I, I wouldn't be. All right, well, we'll let the, actually, 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 we'll you let know the, what? Hang on, we'll actually, let the podcast listeners. We'll give them the rest of November to raise enough money for Rick to get a pair of big baller shoes. If not, whatever's in there at the end of November, you can spend at the big baller shop. There you go. That's what you got left. This is big of me. Oh, I know what you're going to do here. I, I'm just I know what go you're going to do say, here. I know what you're going to you do here. You guys probably shouldn't be donating that money to my shoe fund right now. Yeah. And should maybe hit up Chad's GoFundMe. Yes, please do that. For Kel- yeah, absolutely. Please do just, that. Just throwing that out there. Chad's wife obviously was in the hospital 
last week, two weeks. I mean, it felt like you guys were there for a month. We were there for 12 days. Um, and that's why you missed the one podcast when we, we interviewed John Brannon. Um, I don't know if you want to tell the story of yeah. basically what happened, but you guys have started a GoFundMe page to help with the hospital bills. Yeah, you can um, you can find it at my Twitter page or on my Facebook, at Chad Brendel, uh, on both of those. Um, basically, she went in thinking she was having some she having some pain in her lower back. And turns out when we got to the hospital or got to the emergency room, she was experiencing kidney failure and a blood clot in her lungs, and she was anemic. Uh, took about eight or nine days for them to figure out what was causing all of those things together. She has uh, multiple myeloma. Um, it was When they found it, it was stage three, and there's only three stages. Um, they've been very aggressive with the treatment, but um, to get her back to being healthy – Probably going to need some help. So started the GoFundMe. Uh, the outpouring of support, support has been phenomenal. And, and let, let's give it the, the, some Xavier people have done that as well. That's exactly is, what I was going to yeah, get to. That, I mean, the, the UC people love them. And it, you knew that they were sure. they were going to they were going to come to my support. But the Xavier folks have uh, stepped up big as well. And that is uh, I might even have to take a lighter stance on them in, this in, year, including one fan who, who did donate but did say. What do you say? Go Xavier, oh, go X. Oh yeah, go X. Just one. They're, uh, they're still multiple. trolling. That's all right. There's yeah, multiple. That's okay. Though. There was one that was like, even though you've blocked half of us, you you still should help Chad's wife out because <laughs> she puts up with him. Hey, hey, look, sports rivalries are great. I mean, it's it, fun. It's, it, it's what. Yeah. It, I mean, the fact that one side hates the other in a sport, that's fine. I'm, I'm. You can do that all you want, but when it comes down to this part, the human part of it, I mean, you saw with the Alabama tornado a few years yeah. ago, where Auburn and Alabama. Auburn fans and actually the Auburn football team actually came up to help pitch in for the cleanup uh, in the tornado in Tuscaloosa. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, be human about this stuff. But hey, you can hate the other team. That that's what makes sports well, so much fun. And as uh, you've met Kelly, some you mm -hmm. haven't you haven't been around her a ton, but Rick has been around her a lot. She's a saint for for putting up with me for seventeen years. First and foremost, she deserves your support because yeah. it's not an easy job. Yeah, that was very nice of you. Well, well played. Yeah. So thanks for everyone that have already donated or shared it, but. There's plenty more work to be yep. done, so those of you that are hearing this for the first time, please at least share it, if nothing else. The shares on social media is just as important yep. as, as the money itself. Right, because it'll, it'll, it'll spread like wildfire from there, for goodness sakes. Thank you, sir. I right, appreciate good. that. Well done. All right, you got a final take, Chad Brendel. Um, I, I think after last night, I posted this on Twitter. My takeaway from watching Kansas and Kentucky last night, I think Cincinnati and Xavier are better than both of those teams. The parts are. I mean, I just they're more complete. I, I, I think absolutely. I think when you look at what Cincinnati and Xavier can do, the only the only thing that I'll say is unsolved with Xavier at this point, and it is something you mentioned. I think last week, we don't know how good defensively they are yet. Right. That Ryder game was what just about a point per possession right in there. It's yeah. like seventy seven possessions, seventy four points. So right in that that range. So uh, Xavier offensively is phenomenal, and I think. Offensively, they would give Kentucky and Kansas a nightmare of a, a time. Um, I, I just think we, we're – as this thing and, and, is starting and, – And I think for people – you're not here telling people Kansas and Kentucky are not top 15, no, top 20. No, because I think either. they are. Right, correct. And that's just what I was going to get right. to. I think what we're seeing is what we anticipated over the past couple months – we got two really good freaking teams in town. Right. We got two good teams that came out and just dismantled their first two cupcakes. When's the, I don't know if it's ever happened before that Xavier and both UC of them, both of them back to back hundred point, point games. That's just absurd to even think about. Really, right. like it doesn't matter how bad the teams are. It's just not that common that you score back to back hundred point games. And both of them and did both it. Both teams in town and 
The shootout's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. I'm and so, we're like two weeks away. I'm so like, glad it's early this year, honestly. I know we say sometimes we don't like that, but I'm all in on it this year. Oh, my. Because if we had to wait another month or two. Oh, well, what is it? December two and, a, two and a, a half week, weeks? A week, a week from this Saturday. No, two weeks. No, two weeks two from weeks this Saturday. Saturday. I'm sorry. Two right. weeks from this yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Right. Let's go. <laughs> I like. That. I think I can get in on that. You good? I'm good. All right, good stuff, boys. All right, well, thank you for being with us on the Skinny Podcast. We'll be back uh, next week with some more, and uh, before long, we'll be doing these twice a week. And don't forget, you can catch Jed Demusi and I with our uh, Skinny Podcast, the Bengals edition as well, and the Angry Quarterbacks. And make sure you check out MusketeerReport.com and BearcatJournal.com, and visit the uh, GoFundMe page for Chad's wife. Please do that. All right, thanks for being with us on today's Skinny Podcast. <laughs>